when people usually say that you know they're expanding globally it means one of the founders wants to go move to LA or somewhere <laughs> is, that, is that the case oh unfortunately <laughs> I think we probably both want to but I don't know if I miss as well that was. were you a Love Island fan not me personally not that I'm going to admit to on the podcast <laughs> anyway <laughs> it's one of the few you know print media out there that's actually grown in a market that's relatively in decline I like our lots of, our sort of comedy stuff so one of the I mean the brand deal that stands out for me is the Tekken button smashing video we did. He's hired help. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a placement student on cheap labour. <laughs> you said it, you said it, mate. It's a fantastic experience. I mean, what you find out is very quickly uh, how important marketing is. Welcome back to the Social Day podcast. So, Emily, who have we got on today's episode? So today we're going to be joined by Joe Glover. Um, we actually recorded this episode before Social Day, so we'll talk a little bit about Joe's Social Day session, which was amazing. The interview with Joe is still a great chat. It's great to find out more about what he's doing with the marketing meetup. And whether you manage to attend the festival or not, there'll be loads of insights. I absolutely love Joe's talk at Social Day. And I think um, with the podcast itself, I think what was really clear to me is like how he really values his community. And actually, like, you know, he totally gets, like, marketers, um, you know, so I think if, if you're not a member of the uh, the meetup, you definitely should uh, jump on in and um, get yourself part of that. Let's just jump straight into it, grab yourself a cup of tea, and enjoy this chat with Joe Glover. So welcome to the podcast, Joe. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to, excited to be chatting, excited to be talking next week as well. It's... Uh, it's coming up, but yeah, thrilled, thrilled to be involved. So thank you for thank you for having me. Yeah, and we were just talking about before we went live, um, just being back in in person again. It's just crazy. Are you excited to attend Social Day in person and do your do your talk live? <laughs> yeah. So so before we went live, I was I was confessing to being a little bit nervous about sort of speaking in front of a live audience again. I think it's it's such a different energy that comes from those sessions. It's you know, it's a different ball game. You know, pause for laughter. You know, and all that sort of stuff. You know, who who's had to do that for the past eighteen months with with webinars and stuff like that? I think it's going to be a really really interesting vibe. I'm really excited, and I just hope the talk goes down well as well. You know, I've been I've been working hard at it. I'm, I'm not even afraid to say, you know, that I've been putting the prep in, and so uh, I just, you know, I hope it lands and I hope it's useful for folks because uh, I, I really care about the topic that you've asked me to speak about as well. It's great to hear, and I'm, I'm sure it will be. It will go down well. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. <laughs> <That'll> be, <laughs> I'm sure it will. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll be there to bow you out if it doesn't. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll say all the nice things. How was the talk? <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was a wonderful talk. So we've got, we got Jason in the balcony with canned laughter ready for you. Uh, <laughs> the jokes don't fly. <laughs> That's fine. You know, I, I think um, I always say that my brother is the funny one, so you'll get lots of smushing, <laughs> lots of smushing dust from me, but. If you want me to give a, bit, a best man speech, then then you got the wrong brother. So, <laughs> so yeah, let's just dive into a bit more about what you're going to be talking about. Obviously, community is something that you're really passionate about, and obviously, kind of what the marketing meetup grew from is like marketing and community always been something that you've been interested in. So it's it's funny. So it's it's interesting speaking with with you of all people, really, because my gateway drug into marketing was social media. Uh, and actually, that's when I was 22-year-old Joe, you know, seven years ago. Then that's what I thought marketing was. You know, I thought marketing was just like 
you post on Twitter, you post on Facebook, and you know that's that's what marketing is. So really, the thing that got me interested in marketing was that. So the answer, short answer is no. Uh, I, I I was interested in social media. However, over the course of time, I've I've definitely grown to love marketing as its totality. You know, and and really, the thing that's interesting for me is that. I define marketing as meeting the needs of the customer, which said another way is solving a need for a human being. It's solving a problem for a human being. And if you solve a problem for a human being, you're probably improving their life just a little bit. And really that's the thing that keeps me interested. And as a as a byway into community, then that's what community is all about as well. It's about humanity. It's about people coming together to share an experience very much in the same way as we will be next week to share an experience to get better together to lift one another up to make each other stronger than they would be alone you know and all these things you know the the two themes sort of tie in very very closely for me you know marketing and community people coming together to get better together so uh so yeah i'm, I'm really fascinated with both and having experienced the power of both, you know, you kind of, you can't help but fall in love with it just a little bit. So, uh, so yeah, it's been a journey starting with social media, but definitely ending in a place of community and, and helping other human beings get better. Yeah, obviously the marketing meetup's like a perfect example of how the two come together and building a community that's so invested and really excited about what you're, what you're doing. When you started the marketing meetup, did you think it would go this far? Did you think it would be this popular? Hell no, no way. <laughs> you know, we started in a in a canteen in Cambridge for an event for 40 to 50 people, two talks, a decent buffet, it's got to be said, you know, but a decent buffet and, and, and free alcohol. Um, and bizarrely, people turned up, you know, but um, I, really in the first month I held my first event, that was the mission achieved. I'm someone who's terrified of networking and even you know, next week, as much as I'm looking forward to it, I'm pretty sure there'll be a period of time where I am still the guy on my phone hiding in the corner just a little bit, you know, sort of getting some some recharge time uh, for, for, for my sort of introvert ways. But when I was able to walk into the marketing meetup and, and when we created that thing together, then it really was as if we just landed and there it was, you know, and, and it was good. Um, it just so happens that over these past five years, then other people have figured that it's good too. And that's how we've grown. You know, it's never been about 10x growth or, you know, sort of scaling beyond a ridiculous level or even about business models. It's just been about helping people for these past five years. And, and you know, we've got to the place that we have 25,000 marketers across the world being coming together each week. The webinars are popping every week. You know, the chat feature is alive. The Facebook group is useful. You know, all these things, they've all just been created with with people in mind and, and success has been a byproduct rather than the intention, I guess, which is a nice place to be in, you know, because uh, it means that it's stayed enjoyable this entire time as well. It's great. And I think, you know, from my perspective, you know, my background was in publishing and media. And although I think probably the premise with publishing and, you know, B2B journals, et cetera, is community, Especially in the marketing world, uh, you know, I think one of the bigger issues with press and the media is that you know they they have a commercial offering, they have a commercial model, and that obviously is seeps through at every single level. So you know, I think the thing I really love about the marketing meetup is that it's organic, and you know, you are addressing the issues that people want to talk about without 
you know, it feeling like there's this um, big sort of sponsorship looming large over the topic and, and influencing it. Uh, I think marketers really appreciate that because, you know, let's face it, uh, marketers have got to be the hardest people to, you know, kind of get engaged and sell to. <laughs> well, we, we should, in theory, know the tricks of the game, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you, you're so spot on, you know, in that it's never been about that. We, we don't sell speaking slots for exactly that reason. You know, we don't want that that person sort of looming over and, and you know, putting the pitch at the end. And the truth is, and it's, it's a big, 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 big theme of my talk, really, is this thought that for whatever reason, most of us, even though we would have experienced what community feels like, this uplifting, positive experience in our day-to-day lives, for whatever reason, we walk into our corporate environments we try to take the word of community, but then sort of apply it to stupid metrics that don't make sense for a human experience. You know, so really the, the the line that I've sort of settled on that I feel quite happy about at the moment is the currency of community is opportunity. You know, if the marketing meetup hadn't existed, then we wouldn't be having this chat right now, you know, and I wouldn't be speaking next week and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be working full time on it. You know, I'd still be working for someone else. But in the same breath, hundreds of people wouldn't have found jobs. You know, thousands of people wouldn't have connected. You know, you know, there's probably, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of pounds of business that have been done off the back of, you know, just people getting together. So, you know, when you say, oh, okay, we're going to need to turn this community of 25,000 people into a thousand leads over the next year, then it's, it's business bullshit, but it's also the way to, it's just not the way to grow a community. And it's that counterintuitive thing that people within a corporate uh, perspective need to get their head around is that you need to accept that you need to give first and eventually it will come around rather than looking to take from this space these people that you've brought together because that's the second people switch off. Because let's face it, there's plenty of opportunities out there to meet other people. You've got to be that space where people actually feel safe and empowered and, and like it's a friendly space to do so. So I hope that message lands next week because I feel like it's the type of thing that uh, either will really resonate with some folks or other people might roll their eyes. I don't know. But it feels like the right message, not just the popular message. Yeah, I love that whole ethos of the marketing meetup. It does just feel so organic. I just wanted to get your thoughts. Since COVID, has it been easier or harder to kind of keep this growth and keep this community together? Because I know like some brands have obviously found it easier who were already or were able to pull that community online. And then others are kind of, they've, they've found it difficult to transition. How have you found it? So when we speak about the marketing meetup, we speak about three things. We speak about educating, connecting marketers and doing it with kindness. Um, I would probably give us an A plus for the education point. Our webinars have been insane, uh, not just from the perspective of who we got along, but also the chat feature where folks are connected. I would probably give us like a, a B plus, somewhere between a B plus and a C minus, which is a bit of a range on the connection point, because the reality is, and this is the reason why we're going back to an in-person event next week, that you can't beat that in-person experience, whether you like it or not. So... So um, I'd, I'd probably say that we've done a less good job on the connection point than uh, the education point. I would say that the kindness has stayed true to whatever we've done throughout that duration. Um, in terms of scaling, um, then the marketing meetup community has grown from about 11,000 to 25,000 over these past 12 to 14 months. So actually, you know, growth wise, then it's been a very sort of good period for the, for the group. 
um, with the obvious caveats attached that nobody actually wanted COVID to happen. Um, and, and really, the main reason for that is that we were no longer sort of shackled by geographic location. You know, all of our events, you know, people would come from 10, 15, 20 miles around to come to. But now they can access it from South Africa, Greece, you know, Mexico, wherever they want. And we've seen that about 77% of the marketing meetup community are UK based. Uh, but that's down from about 96% this time last year. So we've really seen that growth from across the world. So I would say it's been easier, it's been beneficial, uh, but it's also been different. And the plan for going forward is that we are going to bring back in-person events because there is something special about them. But I think the way we'll think about it is that the in-person events will be having a, a come and meet skew and the uh, online stuff will have a come and learn skew. And, you know, that will be the way that we sort of think about it. And hopefully that's what people like. <laughs> I'll just keep asking, you know, because we're making it up as we go along. So, uh, you know, we'll just keep on asking people and, and maybe they'll like it. And if they don't, then we'll figure it out from there. Yeah, no, definitely. that's the, the only way to do it at the moment, isn't it, really, with so much uncertainty? Just, I think that hybridity probably is the way forward, you know, because you're kind of catering to everyone. Like you said, you're still able to access all these people across the world but you can still kind of bring that more personal touch for the in-person events. I wanted to just touch on one of the sessions that um, your most recent session with Sahana that you did on imposter syndrome, because like for me personally, I just found it amazing. But I just wanted to kind of get your perspective. Was like imposter syndrome a topic that you've kind of been requested a lot from the audience? Was that like something you identified as something that was really needed amongst the community? Or is it something that you personally have have like identified as a problem uh -huh. um i don't know really I, I so it wasn't something that was specifically requested so i think one of the things that we've been fortunate about over this period is that people have sort of come to trust that we'll put on an event that is worth attending you know and the feedback we get quite regularly is oh i don't know what this week is about but i know I, I, if i turned up it'll be good you know so that's a nice place to be in um i would say that we all feel like imposters you know and and in whatever situation whenever you get out of that comfort zone and, and you step out then then we all feel like it and if you don't i think you're kidding yourself rather than other people so with that sort of knowledge that it's a common experience then i think that the sort of matching process that goes on in my head is well it's a topic worth speaking about but we need a speaker worth speaking as well you know and Sahana did such a sensational job because she's a sensational human being who's so eloquent and intelligent you know that she, she just absolutely smashed that talk to bits you know it, it was incredible so I would say that as much as you're aware that certain topics need discussing at certain times, it's worth waiting for the right person to also discuss it. And so for that reason, when Sahana came along, then it was it was an easy yes, because in, in that situation, she was the one who actually pitched it to me. And it's quite a rare occasion I'll sort of say yes to folks who make that pitch, because there's usually lots and lots of them. But, uh, you know, uh, when you find them, then you say yes. Yeah, that's just so interesting to hear about. Uh, I mean, I just love that talk and uh, I connected with Sahana on LinkedIn as well. And it was just Amazing. like, I just love marketing meetup anyway. But yeah, fine girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, so regards to your social day session, who do you think should be attending? Like who 
who really needs to be thinking about how to build brand communities? Is it is it just brands? Is it agencies? Is it marketers? I, I think all of the above apply. You know, so I, I've been a big fan of moving away from demographics into psychographics for the past year. So, so when when sort of thinking about who will benefit it. So anyone that has had the thought that they would like to build a community, then hopefully this will be the talk for them. And I'm really the way that I'm going to encourage folks to think about it is not by giving them the tactics, but giving them a mindset. Um, because I think the the experience of everyone building a community will be so different um, that actually giving them here's how to do it as a prescriptive thing will be, uh, you know, not particularly useful. So anyone that's looked to build a community and is serious about it, or anyone who has felt the pain of trying to build a community and it not being successful, or indeed anyone who's building a community right now, but is also trying to convert them into leads, uh, those are the folks that need to hear this talk. Because um, I don't know, I, the best piece of advice that I ever got was from my dad, which was don't give advice. Uh, but what I can do is share an experience. And my experience is revolved around this mindset. I don't know whether I should be revealing now or whether, you know, we have to wait till Wednesday. What's, what's, what's the deal? Don't pick too soon, Jason. <laughs> cool. All right. I, I, I won't. No, I was going to ask you, so, I mean, people that are genuinely building a community, you know, all power to them. Uh, but too often I hear in boardrooms and across marketing departments that, you know, we need to build a community. And, you know, these, these people may be, you know, maybe they don't even have a product that actually really requires a community. You know, maybe they're actually competing purely on um, price in a crowded market. So, you know, what do you say to those people that are, you know, just sticking it into a strategy? What should they be doing when they, how should they actually consider a community in the first instance rather than just regurgitating some something they heard elsewhere? Well, I mean, I think the first thing to the mindset to think about is it's not about them. You know, and, and that's the number one rule about community. You know, whoever you are, it's not about you. It's about the people that you're looking to help. So anyone that's spending the time sort of going, we need to build a community, you know, there's a fundamental question of why, you know, and probably the answer to a lot of those folks will be, well, we want to convert them into customers. And, you know, if that's the answer, then you might as well stop now because you're going to be wasting your efforts. Because we've all experienced community in one way or another, whether it's a, a football club, you know, uh, a, a group of people that you identify with, uh, whatever it is. And we know what community feels like. It's warm. It's uplifting. It's a place where people come together to get better, to be stronger, to lift one another up. If you do that, you know, in the context of a corporate thing, people have done it really successfully. You look at people like Rafa, like Salesforce, like Microsoft, they've all done a really, really good job at creating community but they have community managers who create community on purpose. They don't, you know, they don't walk in and say, look, we need a customer base. You know, we need to turn this into a lead generation platform. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard no, you know, and as it's just a hard, it's not going to work. So, you know, either get over yourselves and help people or, you know, don't do it, you know, stick a hundred grand into PPC because then you can build an acquisition funnel. You know, and, and that's not saying PPC is a bad thing, but it's saying what's the purpose behind this activity. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've got very few strong opinions, but that is one that I really. That's great because, you know, I think too often people think, you know, top of the community is top of the funnel. You know, they think it is it just let's get as many people into the top of this funnel and we can you know, sell to them. And, you know, as you've highlighted, it's some 
it's a byproduct, isn't it, for brands that get it right? Uh, you know, Rafa is a great example, um, and I think any you know anything where there's a culture or a hobby around it, you know, these a lot of these guys do a really good job of of, of getting it right. I mean, you know, I always think of about Ironman. I mean, actually, I think of late their customer journey has been pretty poor, but there aren't many brands where people will go and get a tattoo on their calf of the, of the logo. You know, it's, it's, it's insane. So true. So true. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely spot on. And, and that's what community feels like. You know, you want to identify, you know, and, and I guess another example is like, you know, in, in the more day-to-day example, you know, even stuff like, I don't know, skinheads, they're dressed a certain way because they wanted an external label of, I am this thing, you know, I belong, I represent these things, you know, it, it's psychological, it's, it's in groups, out groups stuff, you know, and nobody really cares whether, you know, your community offers them a, a 10% off discount voucher to their email list or, or to whatever, they care that they've found John or Mary or, or Robert, who they really, really get on with and have a sense of support from, you know, it's, again, this, it's just, it's a human experience. It's not a, a, a business mechanism. It's not even a marketing mechanism, you know, as much as I adore marketing, you know, it, it has the byproduct. I think the exact word that you use, Stuart, is, is a really, really good one. It's a byproduct, but it's not the, it's not the objective. So, yeah. <laughs> this is the most passionate I've ever got on the podcast. So, <laughs> it is really interesting, and you know, we just see it so many times, and I see a lot of people. And actually, it's not just it's it's not just the fact that people do it; it's the amount of money they spend um, launching things with that mindset. So, let's just say, you know, you we some some marketers listening to this now and you know they've realized the error of their ways they're about to embark on this journey of community building for the wrong reasons they've stopped uh, you know you said it's not about them it's about the it's about the, the uh customer it's about the the audience what, what other two things should they really be thinking strongly about in terms of you know getting a community right i think something that you can think about that regularly gets commented about on the marketing meetup again sharing experience is uh, how you communicate to your community so the language that you use the tone that you use with them very much again sort of focused on on them not us um, i think that's that's really key and and something that folks resonate with us quite a lot is um all about you know the messages coming from me i'm a human being you know behind behind the marketing meetup brand and people mention that a lot the other thing is about uh, you don't own your community. Nobody owns other people. You know, that's not how it works. But what you can do is take steps to make sure that you're protecting your community and you're building it in a way that's sustainable. So one of the mistakes that we made early on is that we based our community on meetup.com, which is a walled garden. You know, so all of a sudden, uh, when COVID hits and nobody's looking for in-person events all of a sudden, then imagine where they're not going is Meetup, you know? And, and so the newsletter saved our community in a sense because it gave us a communication channel to communicate with our community with. So so on that, on that thought, then I would just really encourage people to think about the infrastructure in which your community exists. And tied into that, I'm going to add a 2.5 is the infrastructure for allowing folks to communicate with each other and not just receive a broadcast because 
a community is likewise not a broadcast. It is a group of people connecting with one another, having conversations and communicating and supporting one another, not just receiving a bunch of messages. You know, so it's not a mailing list. It's an opportunity to have a conversation. So, uh, so yeah, those would probably be three things that I think about straight away. It's a great point because I, th- I think you know, I do think that especially with brands, you know, you you forget it's it's a two way conversation. Oh, so uh, true. And, and I think sometimes, you know, just looking on the outside, looking in sometimes it's, it, I think some brands struggle to, to have the, to get the feedback. They don't necessarily want to hear it. I mean, we did quite a lot of work with financial services and, you know, particularly insurance companies. And, you know, you can imagine the dialogue that they get back isn't always great. And it's taken a few years for them to kind of like embrace that uh, customer service aspect as being an opportunity to showcase that, you know, they can do, you know, if you've got a problem, we are an open book. I just found it really uh, interesting then you're talking about um, your award garden. Uh, that um, So it was, was, was it a difficult choice for you then to actually, um, you know, kind of come out onto different social platforms and let people see what you were doing? Was that a conversation you had to have or was it just... <laughs> so i mean logistically when we were running in-person events then folks signed up through meetup.com at the period of time that covid happened then we'd started our newsletter maybe six months before or something like that and we started taking events uh, bookings to eventbrite so there was already a, a bit of a muddled mess where people we were advertising through meetup but people had to sign up via eventbrite which was a pain but it did mean that we started to build the list you know and, and that was an important an important part of it in terms of the other social media channels i think something that we still haven't got right is that you know i i've spent an inordinate amount of time on linkedin because i really really like it you know and and over the course of time have built you know a following which is cool you know and even the word followers is sort of a bit odd but you know like i've built a bunch of people who interact with my stuff and and I have a chat with them most days, you know, and, and that's come from me. Something I've struggled with is that the stuff coming from behind the brand, you know, and and you you see this and I was on a, I don't want to pick on people, but it's just an idea that comes to uh, an example that comes to mind. I was on uh, Voxel's Twitter page the other day and they got something like two, 300,000 followers or something like that. And like each of their posts were getting like two likes you know, and and that's because it wasn't built around sort of community. It wasn't built around like a conversation. And so I don't know the answer to that because the marketing meetup still falls into that trap. <laughs> you know, so we still, with our content, we still post our blog posts. We still post videos. We still post, you know, all the, the marketing knowledge in the world, you know, and we're still posting snippets of stuff, you know, and it's, it's still a very one-way conversation. So I would say that we've, really nailed it on the personal branding perspective but on the company stuff we're still learning and I, I don't know many brands who have done a really really smashing job of sort of representing themselves from behind a brand you know innocent is an example but you know everyone goes to them but even like brands like patagonia don't do an amazing job even though they're held up as this amazing company and they are but you know if you look at the engagement on their posts it's not amazing I think especially on LinkedIn and stuff, I think it just it does go to show, doesn't it, that it's actually, you know, um regardless of whether your audience is marketers or not, you know, people the value the the human behind it, the brand, mm. rather than, you know, the actual brand itself. That's uh, it. I mean, I think you know, I think 
certainly in the consumer space, I see some really people that get it really, really right. Uh, you know, Jim Shark and he's always held up as a, you know, a, a beacon. But I think you're right. You know, a lot of the traditional companies where they have never been a face behind it. Yeah, yeah. And I also don't think it helps when, you know, we all, no matter how hard we try, we still are broadcasting a little bit from from our brand pages. Yeah, I, I don't know what the way around that is because, you know, you build an audience and, and you create a piece of content or whatever and you want to share it with people. <laughs> so inevitably, you know, there is a bit of a broadcast, but you know, right, yeah. I don't know whether, you know, you you surrender yourself to that reality or whether you come up with something which is a bit more human-led, albeit from behind the brand. And, and I don't know the answer to that, but an, an idea sort of came to, comes to mind, which is like, even FIFA and uh, EA Sports. So EA Sports uh, game FIFA is regularly panned by their community for being rubbish. And like, I'm not one of those people. I, I play an inordinate amount of games and stuff like that. But even in those situations, they've still got community champions who sit as individuals outside of the FIFA brand and respond as themselves, not as the brand. And you know, even if a company at that level is doing that kind of thing, it sort of speaks to exactly what you just mentioned as well, which is, you know, people are interested about the people, not, not the brand really. So, uh, you know, it's an, it's an interesting, uh, question. So I wonder whether you have Joe from the marketing meetup as, as the marketing meetups page, I don't know, or whether, you know, what you do. Well, I think, I think it certainly fits into, you know, how, um, you know, the sort of longer term influencer marketing deals are going to pan out. Um, mm. you know, cause I think some, some of the, the fashion brands you know um, you look at uh, molly may as well fairly recently i think it was this yeah, week absolutely i think there's definitely a reason why that is is working well for for brands at the moment mm, no I, I think you're right and uh, another one would be it was a subtle change but uh, marketingexamples.com got changed to harry's marketing examples <laughs> yeah but, and and you know there was all immediately like a, a humanizing element behind it it's always a double-edged sword there as well. So, you know, something I've struggled with over time is that a lot of the marketing meetups brand equity would probably would be associated with me, you know? And, and so if I took a month off or, or whatever, you know, then I'm not saying that the product would be worse because James, my co-founder is a phenomenal presenter, but there would be a question asked, you know, where's Joe? <laughs> so you've got to be prepared for that, that conversation as well. Do you think you'd have the hump if you called it Joe's marketing meetup? <laughs> So. <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think that'll, that'll go down particularly after five years <laughs> yeah it might, might have to be a few pints uh bought to uh to swing that one yeah i think so, <laughs> so I, I i mean i'm looking forward to seeing you next week i think i think i'm gonna um you know you're gonna have to avoid me in the uh in the drinks reception because i would just suck up all your capacity talking about uh, about about these issues and topics all day long well, you know, I'm glad to. I've surprised myself how much I care about it, even in this 42 minutes. So, uh, so there you go. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for coming on, Joe. No, not at all. Thank you. Thank you for spending the time. I really appreciate it. 
that was a great chat with Joe there. And obviously, social day was a couple of weeks ago now by the time you're listening to this. But his social day session was great. And that chat was amazing. Make sure that you catch up with the other great interviews that we've done with social day speakers over the last few weeks. And our next episode will be with Claire Hong from ITV. So stay tuned for that one as well. 